Thank you, Cora. That is always a beautiful passage, those uh, accounts of those who lived by faith. And we will, we will be looking at those various examples as those people seeking to make Jesus greater, making God greater in their lives. Congregation of Jesus Christ, it's our theme this uh, time of Lent that we make Jesus greater. And so you see also in our, our visual here, Jesus is getting a little, a little bigger, a little more central, a little greater. If you had the opportunity to read through the Gospel of Matthew, you would have, have had that sense too that who is Jesus? What has he done? What does he continue to do? Continues to become greater in our lives. And this week, if you have opportunity, uh, try reading through Mark, the Gospel of Mark. And again, in Mark's account, where Jesus is, is, is so very active and, and busy doing and ministering, it's so encouraging to see Jesus and to make him greater. This morning, we are, we are thinking of making Jesus greater than our heroes. There are, are people we admire, people we look to, uh, people we feel we, we should emulate, people who are, are heroic in, in our eyes, and they, they have influence over us. We're not, we're not thinking of superheroes. We're not thinking of, of that whole animated world. That's, that's not the area that, that we see, too, influencing us, that kind of entertainment. It's, it's not even famous people we might admire, uh, say singers like uh, say Celine Dion or someone that you would you would feel too like their music and and this kind of thing or a sports person you might buy a jersey but it's it's not that that they influence your life so specifically even some movie people too they they are famous well known but. We're thinking more here of people who influence our lives. And so, so possibly an example would be like Terry Fox. And so we as Canadians have Terry Fox, who, who of course, ran and, and, and fought cancer. And, and a tremendous example of, of going forward and, and the hardships he faced. And, and so that might encourage you, influence you, to, to be part of a, a fundraising run or walk or something too, right? Because he kind of brings that to mind and that's, that's good to show that loving care in that way. So, so that would be someone that influence us in a particular way, say, okay, that's, that's good. Or, or Chris Hadfield, he, he was, of course, the astronaut. And, and if you actually reflect on, on just his drive and his dedication, his determination and, and the focus of his life, and you say, man, that, that's someone too. If I, if I would just to have somewhat of a similar drive, focus, and, and to be then too rewarded. So you could have a, as an excellent example people like this. But this time, I'm, uh, this morning, I'm thinking even more locally, more personally, uh, of those, those in our lives who we admire and, and, and try to emulate. They actually have quite an influence on us. 
And I was struck uh, a couple weeks ago, I heard Stuart McLean, he was introducing one of his stories. Perhaps some of you listen on CBC, Stuart McLean, he writes, uh, and, and also on the radio, he, he kind of uh, nice, encouraging stories. And he had just a little piece on heroes. Uh, can we get that or not? Choosing a hero is a delicate business, one that shouldn't be undertaken frivolously. For the heroes that we choose, whether real or imagined, whether from the world of fact or from the pages of fiction, will determine to a greater or lesser degree the things that we do and ultimately, if we allow them the privilege, the lives that we lead. So this is Stuart McLean, and then he goes into a story about, about some young boys who, who have a hero who is a, yeah, influences them. But, but that, that picture, the heroes we choose, it's, it's very significant. Who do we admire? Who do we think we want to be like and actually have opportunity to be like. We are influenced in that way. And that's kind of the underlying picture of Hebrews 11 as well. The, the list of the heroes of faith. Now, now more generally, the, the things that, that we would have in mind just in our life would be too. Who do we admire in terms of how we live? And when we look at those around us and how they live, and there are some people who always have something new and bigger and fancier, and if we say we want to live like that, that'll direct our, our, our thought. Or, or you have people who, who live a little lighter, a little simpler, with a little less. And if we say that's that's what I aspire to, then, then we will live like that. It will have influence on us. Or if we, if we admire people who, who in their speaking are, are very quick with an opinion and very quick to just set out an answer or a remark, then, then we will try to be like that. Or if we, if we more admire people who speak more slowly and thoughtfully, who ask questions and listen before offering an opinion, then we will be more like that. There are influences of those around us, and those we, we look up to and admire have influence on us. And that includes parents, relatives, friends, neighbors, if you admire someone who volunteers a lot, then you will volunteer more. But if you go, oh, whatever, they're wasting their time, then you won't. Or if, if you admire someone who gives blood. I remember when I came here, I didn't give blood. I, I thought about it. And then one time, Art, you, were, you came to a council meeting. And you were looking a little pale. You were on council. And you had just come back from giving blood. And I thought, hey, I like that guy. And, and I think, too, it's good to give blood. And so I've, I've given 30 times now. Because Art gave blood. And I saw that. I thought, hey, that's a good thing. 
And so, so the people we see doing things, if we admire what they do, we recognize this is good, this is encouraging, then, then that affects us, and we do things. So the heroes, those, yeah, heroes is not uh, people we admire, people we, we recognize are doing good and worthwhile, and especially in terms of Hebrews 11, Godly things. To admire people who are making Jesus greater. To see them, recognize what they're doing, and seek in our lives to also make Jesus, make God, make faith greater. To let that influence be a positive influence on our lives. That's, that's what we are looking at this morning. That aspect of living by faith, living a God-centered, we would say a Christ-centered life, to see people doing that, see how they do that, and to enter into doing that more and more ourselves. So that's, that's what we really have here in Hebrews 11, with the theme out of what we looked at in Hebrews 1 last week, making Jesus greater, greater in our lives, greater in this world. Jesus is the first and the best. How did people live that out? How do people live that out? And so the examples of living by faith are like that. And I just wanted to look at these with you for a moment. First of all, Abel. We uh, hear the story of Abel out of Genesis 4. And apart from what it says there, we don't know a lot about him. Jesus says specifically about Abel what is mentioned here, uh, Hebrews 4. He was commended as righteous. Jesus says in Luke 15, Abel was a righteous man. What does that mean? That means he tried to do right. He tried to let the the place of God and, and the will of God be first, be great, be central in his life. His brother Cain was not so much that way. Cain didn't make God first. Cain did what was wrong. And the relationship between the two became uh, con- a conflict. There was, there was a hatred building up in Cain in response to Abel simply seeking to live out, making God more central, greater in his life. And I think that, that reality in Abel's life, he, he recognized even, even just the hatred of his brother, even the, the, the threat And yet he decided that he could not give up on doing what was right before God. Abel continued to offer a clear sacrifice, a better sacrifice, offering himself really in the service of God. We don't know exactly in different ways, but Abel brought a better sacrifice. And the actual word there, when it says better, it's greater. Abel made God greater, which is exactly what we're talking about. That's what Abel did. Just in his daily walk, 
He made God central. He sought to do what God would be pleased with. And this upset Cain. And yet, he persevered, though he encountered that opposition. So that that is a reality in our world and in our lives, too. As we seek to make God greater, there will be opposition. There will be ridicule, and even in Abel's case, too. Cain actually killed his brother. But Abel remained, despite the opposition, first of all. And so the question is, too, do we make Jesus greater, continue to make him greater, though there is opposition? And people will ridicule and even be angry with us. We are called to make our faith more central to make Jesus greater than these fears. The second example, Enoch, is, is again, less familiar, but in Genesis 5, the story of Enoch, it says he walked with God, Genesis 5, 24. And the picture there is, is back to uh, Genesis uh, 1 and 2, where Adam and Eve walked with God. And there is a picture of, okay, how do you live? We walk with God. Enoch walked with God. Means his, his focus was on pleasing God, on serving God with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his strength. Deuteronomy 6. God was the greatest thing in Enoch's life. Enoch walked with God. We want to be like that. A tremendous life. An amazing life. And in fact, the picture of of Enoch walked with God, and the the thing that's amazing about Enoch, it says too, that he he was taken up to heaven. He didn't die. And if we... If we just think about that in relation to his walking with God, Enoch walked with God so closely that he not, did not experience death. And, and the reality of, of sin in us separates us from God, and death, too, is the wages of sin. But because Enoch walked with God so closely, he walked right through that threat, and into eternity with God. His life was a life that made God the greatest thing. Is that our goal? Is that our focus? By the help of the Spirit, to make God greater, to walk with him every day. That's the example of Enoch. The example of Noah is next. And Noah, as well, sought to make God great in a world of unbelief. And so we, too, live in a world of unbelief. Many, many who couldn't care about God, couldn't care about faith, couldn't care about the gospel. And what, what did Noah do? Noah built a very visible, big ark in obedience to God, but also very much just making God great in his life. 
God was obviously great in Noah's life because there was this huge ark that was going to save Noah and his family and the animals. So his saving hope in God was, was built right there. And people could see it. And it was big. When we think about making Jesus big, our salvation is not in the ark. Our salvation, our hope of life is, is in Jesus. And, and the thing that we built around that hope is, is like a church building. And I always think it's interesting that a church is like an upside-down ark, right? You flip this baby over, we could all float in it. It'd be a little rinky thing, but this is like our boat, and we build it, it's visible. It's right here. And people can see that there is a, a, a lifting up of the greatness of God in something like a church. It's like a big ship. And it declares our hope, our trust, our central focus in terms of God's saving work in Jesus and Jesus who said, I will build my church and my saving work will continue through that. And so, so to admire, to, to recognize the work of the church, to, to recognize those who serve in the church, that, that this is what we make great. It's great to go to church. It's great to be part of a church. It's great to help serve in the ministries of the church. Is that great? Yes, it's great. Making the Lord greater in our lives and in this world. So, so the story of Noah gives us that focus. And finally, Abraham. Abraham was a man of faith. And his example is a little longer. Again, there's various things mentioned. Abraham tried to make God great in his life. And the center of Abraham is, is he believed the promises of God. And so his, the, the, the greatness we see in him was, was just a faith to believe in the promises of God. And, and let me just explain that for you. His, his faith, in making God greater was greater than the lambs. He makes God greater than the lambs. And this first, first one, it mentions Abraham too. It says, God came to Abraham and said, I'm going to give you a land. Go and I will give you the land. And Abraham believed God's promise, right? And Abraham, he picked up everything and went, and he gets to the land. But did you ever think, how much of the land did Abraham ever receive? How much of that land did he ever actually own? None. He never actually owned any of it. It says here about him too in Hebrews 11. He, he lived in tents. 
He made his home in the land, but he lived in tents. He never made a permanent foundation. He never had a house. He, he was a wandering herdsman. He owned animals and, and things. He never owned the land. He bought a little piece of land at a very exorbitant price from the Hittites to bury his wife, Sarah. That's the only place he owned. The rest he never owned. But he believed greater than even owning the land. He had no land. But greater than what he owned, he trusted in God. He believed God would fulfill his promise. And he acted on that belief. He was in the land, though he didn't own anything. Similarly, more you recognize in terms of God's promise of children. God said to Abraham, I will make you a great nation. How many children did Abraham have when God promised this to him? And God promised this to him in in Genesis 12 and Genesis 15 and Genesis 17. And over and over had no children. Had none. He owned no land and he had no children. And yet he acted in faith, believing. So, so I put it this way. Listen, the promises of God are greater than anything we actually have or don't have. The promises of God are, are more certain than the land you own and the children you have, the promises of God are more certain than anything we have because we have the promises of God. And the promises of God are more sure than than the farmland you can stand on and you can drive around and you can say, this is my land, and you know that for sure. You need to know for sure more than that, that the promises of God are solidly for you. And even with the children, you have children, you know they're your children. More certain than you know that your children are your children, you need to know that God's promises are true for you. To live that out, greater than everything we have, anything we have. People who live by faith, who live that way, who live by faith in God in Jesus. This morning we see these people, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, and we need to recognize that that from Abraham, our, our step the next step is on to more solid ground the promise of who Jesus is. That's, that's where our solid ground is. That's where our hope, our strength, our confidence. Oh, I've got, I've got land. I've got kids. I've got money. I'll be safe. I'm good. I can handle everything. No. That's, that's, that's not living by faith. That's not, that's not making Jesus great. We, we need to step off of those things onto who Jesus is and see that Jesus, Jesus is greater 
And in this respect, greater than Abel, who Jesus through all his life suffered. We read how Abel suffered and, and Jesus from his very birth was threatened. And through his whole ministry, the catechism says all his life he suffered, was threatened. But he persevered. Jesus is greater than Abel. Jesus is greater than Enoch. When God sent Jesus, Jesus says, I am the way. I am the way to life. And as we walk with Jesus, we indeed walk on the way to eternity. We need to have that close walk with him. A daily walk of faith. It is the greatest thing. It's the greatest thing in your day if you take the time to walk closely with your Lord. Jesus is greater than Noah. Jesus is building the church. Do you admire people who are church people? Do you recognize with appreciation the commitment of those around you who commit themselves to the church and seek for its well-being and upbuilding, its ministry and its encouragement? Matthew 16, Jesus says, I am building my church. Is that a great thing for you? Jesus is doing amazing things, the church here and throughout the world. And we Enter in, commit ourselves to that greatness. And finally, Jesus is greater than Abraham. Jesus, it says in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, all the promises of God, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are, yes, they are fulfilled, they are true in Christ. This is our solid ground. Through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. God has promised that he is establishing what? He is establishing, establishing land, his kingdom. Jesus came and talked about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is coming. God establishing his presence on this earth in real and tangible ways. And we are part of that kingdom. That's the land. That's the place. We are part of the kingdom of God. What do you own? A little bit here and there. What are you a part of? You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. That's the promise of God to you as you put your faith in him. And children, what about children? God, Jesus is greater than Abraham. If you believe in Jesus, you are a child of God. There's no greater thing the heavenly father watches over you. Why would you not receive that promise? That's the promise of God to you this morning. If you put your faith in Jesus, if you look to him, if you build your life on the promises of God, you will never be disappointed. Jesus is greater. The challenge this Lent is to make him greater in your life. How will you make him greater this week again? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do come humbly, thankfully before you. And we thank you for your promise, love and grace in Jesus. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for being our Savior 
and that we can lift up your name here again this morning. And we thank you for the promise of bringing the kingdom near through your word and spirit and through this church and that by your grace to each one here would be uh, recognizing to your call on their life and the great joy and privilege of knowing you, our Lord and King, and being your children. Lord, we pray that we would make you great in word and thought and deed. And as we encourage one another, that you would be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing as a song of response from number 219. It's the picture of, of raising Jesus up. And it begins with the Old Testament story where Moses raised a serpent up. People looked up to be healed. And then Jesus is the one raised up on the cross who we look to as our Savior. 